0: Strange. I'm Ashley. I'm Tiffany, and I'm Rebecca. Thank you for joining us each week as we discuss the history, mystery, and theory of all things questionable, odd, and eerie. Hey, hey, hey! Reunited, Re-united. and it feels so
1: good. We're vaccinated. Woo! 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 Hi. We're together. I could literally reach out and touch you guys. Don't only touch. She dies today, Ash? Oh. Uh... No
2: death. What? Liar. There's always a death.
1: Attempted death? Not a
2: death, but it's not a fun one. Oh I don't know what that means. It makes me nervous. Are we gonna get sad? Maybe. Yeah, we're gonna get
1: sad. It could happen. I was really excited about being together and now you're just gonna like I mean I had to keep it consistent. I'm just gonna stare at dean behind you as you talk oh
2: i forgot he was back yeah we have a cutout of dean winchester in the studio now mm-hmm.
0: that's so nice it's so nice makes recording with you guys bearable you needy bitch prepare to get sad in september of 1990 11 year old jc duggar and her family moved to meyer california a small town south of
1: south lake tahoe california okay question south of- this involves children you can go home. That is an option you have.
0: Bear with me. So she moved from Myers, California to a small town south of Lake Tahoe, California, because they thought it would be a better and safer community to raise their family. I'm guessing not. JC was close to her mother, Terry, and her infant half sister Shayna, who was born in nineteen ninety. Her biological father, Ken Slayton, did not know that he had fathered a child. And although her mother Terry had re- had remarried a man named Carl Probin, she was never really close to him. J.C. was never close to her stepfather. On June tenth, nineteen ninety one, eleven year old J.C. was walking, wearing her favorite all pink outfit, walked from the her house up the hill to catch the school bus. When she was halfway up the hill, a gray car approached her. After winding down the windows, the kidnapper attacked J.C. with a stun gun, rendering her unconscious. Mm-mm. The woman in the car then forced her into the car and held her down as she drifted in and out of consciousness. The only time that J.C. spoke was when she pleaded that her parents could not afford a ransom. J.C.'s stepfather saw the abduction through the home's garage window and attempted to chase the car down on his bicycle, but was ultimately outrun by the car. Several other children who were walking to school also witnessed the crime and years later say that the abduction still haunts them. Proben immediately called the local authorities, who were aided by the FBI, in their search for JC. The search included dogs, aircrafts, and hundreds of law enforcement personnel, but to no avail. Police investigated a few suspects in the days and weeks following the incident.
1: Oh, days and weeks. Oh, those... Oh, no.
0: Officials initially considered both Carl Proben and JC's biological father, Ken Slayton, even though up until that point, he wasn't even aware that he had a daughter. Well,
1: that's a shit way to find out. Yeah.
0: Proben took and passed several polygraph tests and Slayton was also quickly cleared of any suspicion. The kidnappers turned out to be husband and wife, Philip and Nancy Garrido. They drove JC, I saw 120 and 150 miles. So somewhere in that ballpark away to their home in Antioch, California. By the time they arrived, they had removed all of Duggard's clothes, leaving only a butterfly shaped ring. No, I don't know why I like totally blanked on your kid thing. While making these notes, and I am so sorry. It's not like we're almost 150 episodes in or anything. I know. I just came across this story, and I thought it was interesting, and I went with it, and I just totally, like, didn't. I'm sorry.
1: I'll oh, I'll find some kind of payback. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Taking her from the car onto their property, Philip placed a blanket over JC's head and carried her into an area of his backyard where sheds and storage units stood, placing her inside a tiny one. After he finished having his way with her for the first time, he left her naked in the structure, which he bolted shut, warning her that his Doberman pinchers were outside and trained to attack if she tried to escape. Philip would visit her in the structure, bringing her food and milkshakes and talking to her. For the first few years, the gorritos
1: Years? Oh! Okay.
0: For the first few years, the gorritos forced J.C. to wear handcuffs most of the time, even while they abused her. During the first seven months of captivity, Philip was her only contact after she had briefly met his wife Nancy during the abduction. Despite living in a residential neighborhood, Philip chose to keep his victim directly outside in his backyard. She was locked in a makeshift recording studio <laughs> that was built by Philip and his wife Nancy in the backyard of their home. They renamed her Alyssa, and JC soon realized the major motive for her abduction. She was raped repeatedly by Philip, which resulted in two pregnancies. Philip Garrido reportedly forced himself on her at least once a week for three years. And at age 13, when JC first learned she was pregnant, she began watching videos on television about giving birth and going into labor.
1: Oh, no.
0: She would later recall being largely unaware of what was happening and didn't even realize the link between what Philip had done and her pregnancy.
1: Oh, no.
0: Obviously, they couldn't allow any medical intervention. So she had to fully rely on Philip, who claimed to have researched how to deliver a baby and how to assist during labor and delivery.
1: What a cocksucker. No, no. I did a lot of research when I was pregnant. You would not. mm -mm, No. Mm -mm. Give me all the doctors. I want all the nurses. I had a lady there holding my hand. It's mm -mm. (laughs) Mm -mm.
0: the only thing she was given was some coding to help with the pain during labor. Rebecca. What? It's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do it. This is awful. Mm-hmm. JC gave birth to a healthy daughter in August of 1994 at 14 years old. Oh, the
1: poor baby, both of them.
0: Immediately, both Philip and Nancy began treating the new baby as a family member, allowing JC to name her and even giving her birthday gifts. 3 years later at 17, JC gave birth to her second daughter in November of 1997.
1: So I'm confused. Were they trying to have a baby for themselves or did they? I think she was just there as
0: an outlet. Okay. Because the girls stayed with her.
1: Okay. Well, that couple whose names I don't even remember. And I don't want to because they're effers. Can they? I don't believe in heaven and hell, but there will be a special hell. A special hell. (laughs) Yes. I will. In a tiny shed. The tiniest.
0: Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Okay, so during her time in captivity, neither Duggard nor her two daughters could see a doctor, a dentist, or any other healthcare professional. They had to depend on the gorritos to treat any illnesses. Beginning in late in the late nineteen nineties, J.C. her daughters and the gorritos would go on outings, such as the Brentwood Corn Fest in nineteen ninety nine. I am not sure exactly what that is, okay. but well, I'll look it up. I like festivals. <laughs> The corn fest doesn't really sound like one that's quite on the same level as the festivals you enjoy, but... It's fine. Anything to get me out of the cell hole. (laughs) And the occasional trip to the beach or even taking the girls trick-or-treating. Jc would also go on outings solely with Nancy, such as Walmart, or getting their nails done. As her daughters grew older, Jc wanted them to be educated, so she taught them everything she could from her knowledge up to, like, fifth grade Mm -hmm. when she was abducted, and then she would print off worksheets and, like, booklets offline. So that she could teach them. She also used the computer to type up stories on Microsoft Word. I know that. Uh, Beginning in 1998 until 2007, J.C. kept a secret journal.
1: 2007? Fuck.
0: She kept a secret journal detailing her thoughts and feelings. Her days as a captive, her likes and dislikes, as well as her wishes for the future. She also wrote in her journal of seeing a news preview speculating whether the killer of Polly richard allen davis had murdered her as well obviously she knew she was missing because she was 11 but like okay so that's the first time and we'll get to it a little bit but that's the first time she had like hope that people were still looking for her got it okay so during her years in captivity the goritos fed her countless lies and prohibited her from contact with the outside world unless supervised by them towards the later years J.C. wrote in a journal frequently documenting depression, fear, loneliness, and feelings of being, quote, unloved. She constantly worried about her family members and whether they were searching for her. But over time, and cut off from any relationship outside of the Greedos, she grew to cherish any human interaction, even getting excited when Philip and Nancy would come around, just because she was craving attention.
1: Poor baby.
0: So she didn't know how to leave or any way that she could possibly get out. And after years of lies from her captors about her family's lack of love for her, she wasn't even sure whether she had anywhere to go. Philip Garrido had a long history of mistreatment towards women before he encountered Duggard. He had been accused of assaulting a teenager in 1972, even though the case was dropped when the minor declined to testify. When Philip's first wife tried to end their relationship because of his behavior, he allegedly pursued her and threw her into his car. He was arrested several times for drug possession including LSD and marijuana which he later blamed for his behavior.
1: I know a lot of potheads. That's not. Mm-mm.
0: No. Um in oh, and after his conviction for kidnapping and assault in 1977, his first wife divorced him and she since remarried. Philip would later be released from prison on parole. In 1976, the police arrested Philip Garrido and charged him with numerous offenses, including the assault of Katie Calloway. And he had reportedly tricked Calloway into giving him a ride, then made her go into a warehouse in Nevada where he forced himself
1: on her. You would think, you would think, but obviously not. You would think that, like, after multiple similar violations, they'd be like, "Oh, we kind of see a pattern. Maybe we should, like, you know, make sure this guy doesn't kidnap an 11-year-old." Okay,
0: keep that anger. Because it's just going to get a little bit worse.
1: Mother trucker.
0: So he was convicted in 1977 and received a sentence of 50 years in a federal prison. However, he left prison on parole in 1988 after only serving 11 years behind bars.
2: That's not the same number
1: no <laughs> it's no not. it's not no. but
0: he had model behavior so you know
1: yeah because there were no young ladies to assault
0: on in prison oh. he remained on federal parole until 1999 when California police or excuse me parole authorities began to supervise him as part of the terms of release parole officers and law enforcement were to make frequent visits to his home and if applicable place of work
1: 99 he said he had her in 99 yeah Okay. You good,
0: to? Nope. Um, he was also a registered sex offender and had to wear a GPS ankle monitor. Philip Garrido was technically on parole at the time of kidnapping. So wait, if he had to wear a GPS pa- ankle monitor, why couldn't they cross-reference that? Right. Well, he didn't have to wear the ankle monitor until after everything, once he was released on parole. So he was home. But was he not released when he kidnapped her? He had been released. He was on parole. And he he was home. And like within a certain distance and if you have oh i get what you're saying like check the gps for when she went missing yeah but if they didn't have any reason to think it was him at that time if he lived
1: 150 miles away and he could have mm -hmm. had like
0: clearance for like you can get like temporary clearance for like a family vacation or like a visit like medical reasons or something like that i don't know that's a good question i feel like if there's a major story that they're obviously following up on for years
2: and you know that you have a list of people that you're responsible for managing, watching, taking care of whatever and one of them had a vacation who has a history that mm-hmm. lines up at that time mm-hmm. maybe
0: yeah i don't
2: know connect the dots i have questions
0: mostly why there's yeah there's lots of those and that one was one that i didn't look into and i should have so he was technically on parole at the time of the kidnapping so the officers should have been visiting him regularly but the visits to the home were reportedly infrequent and irregular. So he basically could do whatever he wanted. They'd kind of pop in, just be like, cool, you're here. Bye. That's not the job description.
1: No, it's not.
0: So they allowed him to keep his captive hidden. The parole officers failed to thoroughly search the property or even visit the backyard where they would have very obviously seen the makeshift compound that was building in their backyard. I feel like that's not his decision. What do you mean? Didn't he say like he wouldn't allow them to visit? No, they just didn't. didn't. They just did. Do your job. And if they did, it would pretty much just be like, knock, knock.
1: Hey, K-Bye. Okay, I don't like that at all.
0: They also ignored Philip's many failed drug tests and complaints made against him. Oh, gosh. I'm
2: sorry. The same dude who
0: blamed the drugs for the
2: reason he got into jail.
0: Yeah. What the hell? They didn't even properly investigate a 911 complaint made against Philip saying they believed he had people living in his backyard. What the fuck? Why
2: wouldn't you just double-check that, to be sure? We think this is a crazy claim, but just so it's on paper, we're gonna check anyway.
1: Yeah, and it's not a crazy claim. Like, if somebody's got a structure in their backyard bitch go check it out there could be somebody living there hell it could be your cousin who was trying to get free rent but still there's somebody back there
0: the deputy sheriff logged that he spoke to philip and searched the property but obviously did okay. not what'd you do like
2: walk out there and like a dog in the rain do a 180 probably just like looked around the side of the house yeah there's a backyard Cool. There's a rock.
0: Yeah. That's yep.
2: okay. That
1: doesn't look big enough for toilets. My copies nobody getting cold in there. no nah, But keep going. Okay. Oh wait. There's still two more pages after that. Yeah? God damn it. Okay.
0: So, Philip Garrido was a member of an organization called God's Desire. Fuck. Yeah. And allegedly tried to borrow a few thousand dollars to start a church out of his home. Are you kidding me? No. By all accounts, Philip had become fascinated with religion during the height of the 70s when he consumed uh, large amounts of
1: drugs. Uh, that that happens. <laughs> but, oh, I'm fascinated by religions, and you don't see me starting a cult or commune. Or, Well, I do want to start a commune. But
2: that's... I was about to say, it's not for a lack of want. It's I was about just... to say, back that up. Yeah.
1: <laughs> all right, well, once we do start our cult, we can go back and, like, retroactively remove this. I love how
2: it's, like, a wee because she knows full well she can't do it by herself. Yeah, no,
1: mm-hmm. Not at she all. She
0: just has to convince us to start it with her.
1: Uh, Just a quick disclaimer thrown out. There will be no activities with children in this, so... But duh! What? Well, I'm talking about starting a cult like this guy, but no. Like, I, this will be an up-and-up, nothing bad. Just, like, people chilling and watching my husband be my pool boy. <laughs> I'm sorry, do you want friends? You're welcome. I don't think he'd be comfortable with it, but you have to ask him. Okay!
0: <laughs> that's not, that wasn't the question. That's a, Okay. That's a spiral I wasn't expecting to come out of the middle of this story. My I brain, should have known that cults would have triggered something for you.
1: <laughs> my brain is trying anything it can right now to detach itself. It's okay. Just, just hold on.
0: The cult will work out in your favor. Let's see. So he fell in love with religion in the 70s and the fascination remained with him throughout his throughout the years. Philip even refused to transfer to a mental health facility during his incarceration so he could, quote, complete his religious studies. Where? In the jail. You're going to hell either way, buddy. Because, you know, that whole separation of church and state thing works out real well. Quote, I thought he was just a zealot, that he was just harmless, said one of the business connections who Philip had asked for a loan. Quote, he would just keep coming and telling me about this stuff and gave me the CD. So they had like musical CDs and sermons Mm -hmm. and stuff that they were selling. He even asked to come to my business and preach there. So to anybody out, they just thought that he was just some overly religious man Mm -hmm. trying to start something and wanted to spread the gospel.
1: It's like those guys you see outside of Walmart that are like, has Jesus touched your life? The guy with
0: the giant speaker? Or the guy with the
1: <laughs> no, I was just making an example <laughs> out of the top of my head. <laughs> I
0: was accosted verbally <laughs> in my ear holes. You good? No, I wasn't sure how I felt about it. I'm all for like freedom of speech, but I have an issue with you screaming at it at people. And this guy, I could tell that they told him he could not be outside of Walmart because he was literally, you know how our main Walmart up here mm-hmm. is like down in like a little yeah. cove. Yeah. He was sitting on the sidewalk. With a giant ass speaker yelling at the people in the Walmart parking lot about like going to hell and what God can do for you. And I'm like, that's not how that works. Stop yelling at me.
2: If I took someone seriously every time they yelled at me, my vote would have changed
0: (laughs) 15 times during the last election. I was like, can't y'all do anything about him? They're like, technically, he's not on property,
1: but his voice is.
0: I don't like it. I just want to go buy my Nutter Butters and face mask and peace, okay? Stop yelling at me. (laughs) (laughs) And probably cat food. I don't know. Okay, back. It will just be dark for just a minute, and then we'll start to see some light. So on August 24th, 2009. 2009? Yes. This went on for almost 20 years. Yes. She was kidnapped September of 1990. No, I'm sorry. June. They moved in September 1990. She was kidnapped June 1991. You made it worse. So, on August 29, 2009, Philip visited the UC Berkeley campus with his and J.C.'s two daughters to inquire about holding a religious event. Suspicious of his behavior, the UCPD special events manager and another officer conducted a background check, which revealed that Garrido was on parole for kidnapping and rape and was a registered sex offender. They followed up by calling Garrido's parole officer directly, Good. who was surprised to learn that Garrido had children. Uh, uh, why does it take literally
2: one person following up on literally everything or anything to make an entire thing fall apart?
1: Yeah, when you get that uh oh feeling, do something about it. Ask questions. Yeah. And if you're the parole officer who probably had the uh oh feeling but was like, oh, I'm so tired. I don't have to deal with this <laughs> Too guy much and paperwork. And Fuck off. You can go sit in hell with them. Mm. You'll have a ring above them. But So, of course, Philip was called to report to the parole officer a day
0: later. He was accompanied by his wife, as well as JC, and their two girls. And uh, the officer quickly suspected something was wrong. They questioned Philip and the women separately and received conflicting stories. JC, who had been referring to herself as Alyssa, exhibited signs of Stockholm Syndrome at first but later admitted her real name, her mother's name, and what had happened to her. Authorities arrested both Philip and Nancy over the next two years. The pair remained in custody while investigators searched their home, questioned them, and prepared for trial in April of two thousand and eleven. Philip Garrido pleaded guilty to one count of kidnapping, thirteen counts of sexual assault, and was sentenced to four hundred and thirty-one years in prison.
2: Good, okay, that's a start. With this track record, we're going to hit maybe 75 of those. It's okay. He should be dead by Yeah,
1: it. that's what I was just about to say. If he takes, even if it does the percentage of his last sentence, he'll be dead by the time it's over. Mm-hmm. So good. And JC did not have to appear in court to give
0: evidence. So, Philip was housed at California State Prison, though state correctional officers now say they do not disclose his whereabouts because he is, quote, high-risk and sensitive needs inmate whose location cannot be disclosed for his own safety. I don't give a fuck. Give it out. Let Darwinism take over for a second. It's fine. Thank you. It's fine. Nancy Garrido pleaded guilty to one count of kidnapping, one count of rape by force, and to California's one-strike rape law. She was sentenced to 36 years to life in prison at the California Institution for Women in Corona. 36
1: years to life. To life, yes, but... Um, Do we have any idea about roughly how old she was at this point?
0: I think I saw something that said that she was like in her 60s. I couldn't get a definitive numbers. I didn't want to say.
1: I mean, I'll take it. I hope she lives a very long life in jail. My tax money, I'm not in California, but if she were here, my tax money would gladly go to making sure she had a nice long life in prison. So on August 26th, 2009, more than 18
0: years after she was abducted, J.C. Duggard was reunited with her mother in South Lake Tahoe, California. Soon after, the Duggard family learned from the California Deputy Inspector General Dave Biggs that due to Garrido's failed parole supervision, they would be awarded a $20 million suit by
1: the state of California. Wow. Wow. I mean, I would take having my daughter back. Absolutely. Over the $20 million. However, given the situation, Good. Yeah. I mean, it all sucks. At least something was done. Yes.
0: I'm kind of in the too little, too late boat, but you know, yeah. that's,
2: that's my personal. I mean, but like time after time again, you have like too little, too late. Also still haven't really and done anything. haven't done anything.
0: Fair. Yes. But at least there was an effort made and hopefully some changes. So in July 2011, Duggard published a harrowing memoir called A Stolen Life about her years spent with the Guritos. To coincide with the book's launch, J.C. did an interview with Diane Sawyer on ABC News in which she spoke out on her ordeal. And her and her mother, Terry, spoke out on their reunion and their feelings about the Garridos, her happiness to be back with her family, and her struggle with, quote, learning
1: how to be free. Oh, I can't even imagine.
0: During the interview, she recalled being overly joyed after ordering a pizza during a recent trip to New York City. Quote, just walking down the street with everybody. It's my favorite moment, she says. Oh. She also spoke about the foundation she had created with the help of her therapist, Dr. Rebecca Bailey, known as the J.C. Foundation, J-A-Y-C, which is Just Ask Yourself to Care, which seeks to help families in reunification after trauma. That's amazing.
1: I feel like that's something that gets missed a lot because once it's like once the trauma's over, everybody's like, OK, you're good now. Bye. You're fine. You're back with your family. You're good.
0: Yeah. So they have a whole foundation. And they do like it looked just kind of a brief overview on the side. It looks like they have like cabins and stuff where the families can be together on this like this resort to work through and be a family again. So in July of 2016, Duggard published a follow up to her memoir entitled Freedom, My Book of Firsts, in which she discussed the experiences she had during her first seven years of freedom, including being present at her sister's wedding. The experience of being interviewed by Diane Sawyer, her first trip to New York City, and her adventures with Jesse, her best friend from childhood.
1: Oh, oh, my heart.
0: <laughs> Quote, there is life after something tragic happens, wrote J.C. Duggard. Life doesn't have to end if you don't want it to. It's all in how you look at it. Somehow, I still believe that we each hold the key to our own happiness and you've got to grab it wherever and from whatever form it might take. As of 2016, both of her daughters were attending college, and she continues to live with her mother in an undisclosed location working with the JC Foundation. Quote, what happened to me will always be a part of who I am, but I do not let that be the only thing that makes me who I am. I don't let those experiences or those people, meaning Philip and Nancy, define the relationships in my life now. When I do have something from the past pop in my head, I don't shy away from it either. It's important for me to acknowledge the thought or feeling and figure it out.
1: I'm glad she can be so...
0: Oh, she's a beast like I watched a couple of interviews and stuff with her I'm like
1: how I, I don't know and I have a lot of feelings none of them are good <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: so when we were doing books for Sage and Tales last week her mm-hmm. memoir came up when I was looking for books to read I was like oh that looks interesting so I kind of looked into her a little bit and then I just like went down into rabbit town
1: I try very hard to be a happy positive person And I think I let all of my hate build up (laughs) towards people like this who deserve it. You can hate them. Oh, my God. My blood is boiling. I'm sorry. I can't imagine. I I salute her parents for not going off the deep end because I I am just thinking about the millions of ways I would try to murder somebody for even thinking about touching my daughter. Oh, yeah. Well, that sucked. (laughs) But it turned out okay. It did. It did. And you know what? Some people are not bothered by things like this. So I really hope they enjoyed that. The last couple minutes at least. Yeah. Those were good. Love you. I'm sorry. Love you too. It's all good. It's all gravy. It's all gravy, baby. I am to pay back. We'll be uh, sweet. I think I still owed you from weasels. This is This is weasels on
0: LSD. <laughs> on that note i have pissed off my best friend <laughs> and remember everyone has something that they find odd let us tell you why sometimes it's not except for right now which it is it's not
2: odd it's just bad it's just bad if you have any questionable topics you'd like us to discuss you can share them with us on any of our social medias medias no, yes. links can be found on our website the com, or you can email them to us at theladiesestrange at gmail.com well, your voice got like gravelly i don't know why it's doing that please stop
1: Don't forget, like I just forgot, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you think we're doing a great job and want to support the show, please tell your friends about us or, you know, subscribe, rate, and review. Keep it strange, lovelies. There we go. We got through it. Bye, guys. Bye. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, save me.
2: Okay.